Good evening, everybody. Week one NFL has concluded. We learned a lot this week. We have the best news and notes for you. We're going to talk about uh, some players who contributed, some who didn't. We're going to talk about what happened on the waiver wire this week. We're going to talk about all the major injuries. Thank you for joining us here at I-80 Sports. What's up? Not much. Looking forward to looking forward to week two. You know, we had a good start to to it. You know, looking forward to putting week one in the rear view. <laughs> a lot of people are looking forward to putting week uh, one in the rear view. Uh, none more than my Giants, <laughs> uh, and uh-huh. none more than your Steelers, who both had pitiful outings. Giants uh, ran right down the field. Missed a field goal, returned for a touchdown, demoralized team. Um, after the seventh minute of play, it wasn't a game. Uh, and your Steelers didn't do too much better there. Yeah. Uh, what can you do? What can you do? So let's talk about some performances that kind of surprised us. And, you know, when I go position by position, we start out the quarterback position, leading quarterback scorer to a Tungo Vailoa. Second, Mac Jones. Third, Jordan Love. Fourth, Anthony Richardson. Fifth, Deshaun Watson. Five surprises. One, two, three, four, five. Boom. I mean, none of them. None of them are really big surprises to me. Uh, I'm, Deshaun I'm Watson surprised. isn't a big surprise to you. I, I'm more surprised. I'm more surprised that Brock Purdy didn't make the top five because he did have a really good performance. So. Yeah, yeah but he didn't was... really need to. I mean, you had Christian McCaffrey go 22 rushes, 152 yards, and a touchdown. Um, you know, you had Ayuk ball out on his own, eight for 129 and two touchdowns. You know, uh, he he doesn't need to. And, and I think that that's the best case scenario is Brock Purdy doesn't need to be anything other than just a system quarterback running the clock. Um, mm-hmm. Tua Vailoa is the least surprising out of this list. He's someone who I had higher than most people in fantasy consensus for the pure fact that if you're going to have two top seven wide receivers on the NFL season, you're going to produce. And that's what we saw out of Tyree Kill. I mean, come on. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and you know, j- even though he, he didn't have as big of a game, Jalen Waddell had himself a game, too. You know, it... it, it when you have two two big big time targets like that, it's just it, it's just a recipe for good things to happen. Tyreek Hill, eleven catches, two hundred fifteen yards, two touchdowns. He's well on pace for the two thousand yards he's promised everyone. In fact, he's almost at the quarter century mark after one single game. And then Jalen Waddle, four for seventy eight. Now. That was an average performance, but if he fell in the end zone, we feel a lot different about Jalen Waddle's game, and he could have won you a week there. Oh yeah, oh yeah, uh, absolutely. I agree with I I agree with that very much. So, it, you know, it, it, but it, the the good thing is is that even in half PPR, it was it, I mean, what it was still it was still it still got you over ten points. So you know, 
It, yeah, it, but it's it's not something you're excited about, like if he scored that touchdown. But he will be absolutely yeah. fine throughout the course of the season. Exactly. Tyreek exactly. isn't going to catch 11 balls every single week. And on the other side of that ball uh, of that game, you saw the Chargers. Justin Herbert, 23 for 33, 228 touchdowns. Also added five rushes, 18 yards, and a touchdown on the ground. But that game was all about Austin Eckler. My boy, 16 mm-hmm. rushes, 117 yards, and a touchdown. Also got four receptions for 47 yards. And my deep, deep, deep tight end dynasty guy, Donald Parham, found the end zone. Three for 21 and a touchdown. Can't uh, wish for much more from the Chargers there. But in the end, the Dolphins were just too good. Tua Tungavailoa, 466 yards. That's a career high. Three touchdowns, one interception. And man, what what a, a couple of games a, we were treated to this week. Game. Oh, yeah. that was It was by far the best game that uh, of week one. So when we go to running backs, we're going to have to touch on injuries a little bit too. Obviously, if you're watching now on a Friday night, you know Aaron Rodgers, torn Achilles. NFL Players Association making a push now to move to all grass fields. Something I get behind, especially being a major league soccer guy. You know, soccer teams play in those football stadiums. Turf is just bad for everyone. I'd love to see them make that happen. But when we get to the running back, you also have J.K. Dobbins, torn Achilles. I think that his career is done, and I noted that you uh, noted that in the document for today's show. Mm-hmm. Talented player, just can't get out of his own way with these injuries, man. Exactly, and this is this is a kid you wanted to root for so hard, you know, because he he kept on hyping him on his own self up, saying like, you know, if he was to if he was to get like, um, I forget which running back he compared himself to, but if he was to get like Najee Harris carries numbers, like Najee Harris who gets like 20 carries a game, like he could be, he could be a perennial top five back. Like he was saying stuff like that. Cause he, cause in games he, he never really got 20 carries a game. And this is a, this is a guy who, despite not having 20 carries a game, always produced on a, on a fantasy level. I think, didn't he have a touchdown before he went out? Yeah, he had eight for 22 and a touchdown. Then he tore his Achilles. He scored 10.7 fantasy points and a half PPR. So he actually didn't ruin your week. Um, Terrible, terrible news for him. We hate to see that. But when we got to cover it, we got to cover it from a -hmm. fantasy perspective. And I couldn't project him to be any higher. So I don't think I rostered any J.K. Dobbins because it's kind of a fool's errand to, to judge these things on guys who are always, always, always hurt. You can't project him for 17 games. I couldn't project his quarterback, Lamar Jackson, for 17 games either. That's another story in all of itself. But how do you feel about this Baltimore backfield without J.K. Dobbins? Looks like Justin Hill is going to be a thing, but uh, eight rushes, nine yards, two touchdowns on the week. <laughs> I mean, it, 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 he was a pot. We'll, we'll talk about it in the waiver wire um, segment of the show, but he was a, he was a popular waiver wire target. Um, you know, it, it, but Gus Edwards is clearly the guy, you know, he, he was the guy, he was the guy last year when he was healthy. Uh, Justice Hill, you know, we'll see how that shakes out. I'm, it, Melvin Gordon was elevated to the active roster. We know how John Harbaugh likes the uh, how like he he loves those veteran running backs. I'm yeah. interested when Keaton Mitchell, their rookie. I'm interested to see what happens when Keaton Mitchell returns from returns from IR. Let's see what happens with with this kid. Um, it's not like the Ravens are don't have a stock of running backs. They do, they have, do they but do if you have 12 running backs, you don't have any. Yeah. 
You know, is there one guy who you'd be comfortable, not from a fantasy perspective, as an NFL coach, would you be really that excited to run any one of these single guys out there? Gus. Yeah, Gus. He's he's proven. He's a proven guy. Year in and year out. He's from from both fantasy and um, reality. He's a he's a proven guy that's that's had sustained success for um, for the Ravens. Fifth year in the NFL now. Um, Eleven games, sixteen games, sixteen games, nine games. One uh, nine games last season. So he's had his injury issues too. So we're going to see kind of a revolving door there. I wouldn't be surprised if Baltimore went out and got someone. There's still guys out there. There's Fournette. There's Jonathan Taylor. I mean, can you imagine Jonathan Taylor on this team? They wouldn't go that route because they have too yeah. much invested in Lamar, but I like to play it in my Kareem head. Hunt. Kareem Hunt. Kareem Hunt, I think, could be spectacular in that yeah. backfield, although Lamar doesn't really love to dump off to the running back. He'd rather prefer to tuck it himself, but we do have to move on. Let's talk about the top scoring running back in NFL for fantasy. 25.7 points goes to Aaron Jones, and as he scored his final touchdown of week one, he pulled up with a hammy. And what was worse for me is that he pulled up with a hammy right behind his knee. It wasn't a high hamstring, which I think is more of a pain tolerance thing because there's so much muscle back there. It was low. That's not uh, That's not good. That's, that's suboptimal. They do have A.J. Dillon and Emmanuel Wilson on the roster. As of right now, they haven't called up anyone from their practice squad to fill that vacancy. Aaron Jones got a big question mark around his head for the rest of uh, the season. Yeah, uh, well, I don't think the rest of the season. Uh, he he's been held out of practice, but they they're they're saying that he's just truly questionable. Uh, I let me I, let me re, let me re, repair my my statement here. Um, when it comes to hamstrings, I I hope you can get healthy, healthy. But uh, this early in the season, you don't often see players ball out until yeah. week six, seven, eight. He's going to be on a pitch count because they have A.J. Dillon anyway. But A.J. Dillon mm-hmm. was god-awful in this game. Oh, uh, 13 yeah. rushes, 19 yards. Yeah. I I, I think that, uh, you know, they, they said that he was jogging off the field afterwards. So well, I don't he, think... He was running. He pulled a hamstring as he was scoring, and he jogged off into yeah, the tunnel. I saw I, I saw the injury. I, I have I have Aaron Jones on my fantasy team. Of course I pay I was paying attention to this. You know, so yeah. I I, I think I I think that for this coming week he's probably he's probably going to whether it be on a low pitch count or he's going to or he's just going to be a a, a scratch. But yeah, I don't, uh, I, I don't expect much from Aaron Jones this week. Let's just let's touch on the wide receiver room because Green Bay has a lot of things going on here. Christian Watson missed this game. He did not play. I expect him to be the number one target, but Romeo Dobbs had a ton of hype this offseason. He gets it done with two touchdowns, but with the four for 26 stat line, when the A number one X receiver is not there... Gives me pause for hesitation. I love where it's going. I roster him many places, and I'm happy with it. I think he will be the end zone target. I think he is that guy, but he's not going to score two touchdowns every week. Uh, yeah, but he was on a pitch count. You have to remember that um, because when you look at when you look at uh, 
He was uh he was there under less than 50% of the routes. I think he was there only I, I think they said 44 between 44 and 47% of the routes. He was on a true pitch count. So that's something to keep in mind. But when he's not the A number 1 guy, I think that that's going to kind of level out. I could see him getting five or six targets a week. I don't see him being the nine target 120 yard every week guy. He's going to be a little touchdown dependent, which is fine. Wide receiver 2s and especially wide receiver 3s can be touchdown dependent sometime to to have that big week and that's kind of where i see him now i i mean considering how jordan love completely balled out against the bears i i don't know like it's uh it it could be it it could be a little bit more than we think i i that's just my opinion because when i was look when i was looking at some of the highlights from this game like Jordan Love looked really good and really comfortable behind center. And I think I think that we're I think we're gonna see good things from this guy. Hopefully. All right. Let's uh move on. I did want to talk briefly about uh the Falcons backfield as we're talking about running backs. Tyler Agile, 15 rushes, 75 yards, two touchdowns, three for 19 receiving. That's not what a lot of people expected. They expected Bijan Robinson to be the workhorse, but Bijan Robinson was also fantastic. 10 rushes for 56 yards, even more efficient on the ground. Um, six for 27 and a touchdown in the passing game. So as I might have expected Algier to be the passing work guy and Bijan Robinson to be especially the goal line back, seems like those roles were reversed in this matchup. I don't expect that moving forward, but it was very interesting to see uh, in this match. I, I mean... I, I think that we're going to see a lot of it. I think we're going to see a lot of split workload with these guys, you know, because Tyler Algier is pretty young himself. So you got two young dynamic running backs on this roster and considering Arthur Smith himself, uh, wait, I'm forgetting. Is that, yeah, that's the head coach's name. Arthur Smith is a running back guy. He is the one who is there for the Derrick Henry Renaissance you know, the, the, he was he was the author of that. Like, he's a running backs guy, so ha- it makes sense for him to have these two young, dynamic running backs to be the center fold of his offense. Absolutely. Now we talked about some of the top wide receivers. Tyreek Hill absolutely balled out, two hundred plus yards. Ayuk. Yeah fantastic he's the best wide receiver in san francisco and as brock purdy goes brock purdy loves him some brandon Ayuk. that's what i projected all offseason i had him way higher than everyone else in fantasy let's move and talk a little bit about the seattle seahawks versus the rams rams won that match that game 30 to 13 and the running back situation there was strange because kyron williams 15 for 52 two touchdowns Cam Akers, 22 rushes for 29 yards. 22 for 29. Now, here's my question, because he did this last year at week one, too, and then he played better throughout the season. This is an Achilles guy, too. Are you scared at all? I, I'm I'm nervous, I have to say. I'm nervous about the tread on the tires. I want... Ugh. Every time I, he gets hurt from the... Sorry, every time he has a stinker from now the rest of his career, it's going to be in the back of my head saying, like, is this it? I, I I mean, they've been looking to find a way to supplant, uh, you know, Cam Akers for a couple of seasons ever since that Achilles tear. Like Kyron, Kyron Williams was, we saw it. He was way more efficient with the ball and he got the majority of the goal. He got the majority of the goal line carries. 
yeah, I if if we see a, if we see a repeat of this in week two, Kyron Williams is the running back to own in this in this system going forward. Which is something I've I have him in quite a few places in fantasy, um, especially in dynasty because I I kind of saw that like when he was getting drafted, and I did not think Cam Akers was going to make the comeback that he did eventually make. What gives me pause here is that the Rams still handed him the ball 22 times after doing nothing the first 21 times. They said, you know, run him out, give, give it to him again. That was a little strange to me in a game that the Rams, you know, I guess they won easily. They're not going to be in that positive game script week in and week out. Mm-hmm. But see, we do need to fight about our next pick. There were two guys in this receiver room that caught 119 yards worth of ball. Tutu Atwell, Puka Nakua. Now, I have been outspoken on Pukunakua, as was Scott in our Rams preview, saying he can't possibly be a thing. We're talking about a guy with an uh, uh, an underwhelming college career, 1,700 total yards over four starting seasons, and I think he redshirted his senior year. I don't think he played as his last year in college. He comes out, catches 10 balls on 15 targets, and for me, it's just got to be the perfect storm. Cooper Cup's out. Matt Stafford can't throw to anyone who runs a route that isn't predominantly run by Cooper Cup. This is the perfect storm. 28 out of 32 NFL teams, Puka Nakua doesn't sniff the practice squad, but you paid over $30 on on waivers for him. Explain yourself. And I also, and also in almost every dynasty league that I could, I drafted him it, you know, it, with uh, with whether a high third or an early fourth round pick, like I I have a lot of faith in this kid. You know, he was a, he was a, he was very hyped by the Rams in the offseason when they drafted him. And, you know, a lot of a lot of, you know, Twitter, what we do here, a lot of our friends on on in the Twitterverse were hyping up Puka Nakua as well. And, you know, he's, it's not like this kid, it's not like this kid was a late seventh round pick or a, or an undrafted free agent. This was a fifth round pick. A fifth round pick in the NFL is still not expected to be much more than a practice. If we're talking, if we're talking, if we're talking, if we're talking about someone like a, if we're talking about someone like a running back or a quarterback or, uh, you know, I, I agree with you on that. Well, we're talking about a wide receiver, wide receivers in that second to fifth round range, even sixth round. We've seen six round drivers, wide receivers have fan, have have relevance in the in the NFL. Like, you, you know, you've got to pay attention to these guys. And Puka Nakua, he 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 has a great build, great speed. And as we saw, he got 15 targets, caught 10 of them. He was efficient with his. Yeah, but his, his average his depth of target was what nine yards. You should be catching sixty-six percent of your balls nine yards in. That's a general good tight end is going to catch you know ten point five yards per route, and it, it, they're going to catch sixty-seven percent of their balls. I, I, it's just, I'm just it's gonna, not impressive to me at all. He does not have the speed. He does not have the breakaway talent at all with this guy. Well, well, you know they've had Van Jefferson all this time. And Van Jefferson, they they were they were hyping up Van Jefferson, and what Van Jefferson do? He got like three targets, and and like because he doesn't what? look like Cooper Cup, and and, and <laughs> that's what it is. 
I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, but like we're we're not gonna we're not gonna agree on this. And I think Puka Nakua, you know, I I he's a rookie, so you know this is a week one game. But like I think going forward, you know, Puka Nakua is a guy that because he because first off, he's better built than Tutu Atwell. He's faster. He's faster than Van Jefferson. I think that he's gonna be. I think going forward, um, you know, later on in the season. And possibly going into next season, if he's able to show out later on in the season like he did in week one, I think Puka Nakua is a great dynasty pickup. I disagree, especially for dynasty. I think that once Cooper Cup is back, his role is nothing. And I don't think he works with any quarterback who isn't named Matt Stafford at this point. I just don't see it. So we were going to disagree on that one for sure. But let's look at the other side of the ball because Geno Smith did not ball out. In fact, he only threw the ball 26 times. 16 receptions on 26 passes, 112 yards and a touchdown. He rushed for six yards total, which left him uh, not a quarterback one, (laughs) to put it very mildly. Um, In (laughs) fact, I'm still scrolling to try to find him on the dock because he is not a top 20 guy. Still scrolling, still scrolling. I must have scrolled past him. I don't know where he is, but uh, not a good start for Geno Smith. Kenneth Walker, 12 rushes, 64 yards. Not very impressive. DK Metcalf, three receptions, 47 yards and a touchdown. That was awesome. And you had Jackson Smith and Jigba, three catches for 13, but I believe he had a long touchdown called back. Um, Those things get kind of fluky. So I guess there's some hope here for the Seattle Seahawks. Yeah, Jackson Smith and Jigba. Um, he's a guy, he's a guy that I, uh, someone dropped him in one of my big money leagues. I made sure to put in a, that's, a, a that's for him because, because, uh, because like Tyler Lockett's got Tyler Lockett might be out with a concussion this week. So like it, it, Jackson Smith and Jigba, I think is going to be targeted quite a bit this week. Absolutely. So let's uh, just briefly, I think we touched most of these waiver wire guys. Popular targets were Justice Hill, who we talked about, going to take over, um, share work with Gus Edwards in the Ravens backfield. Pukunakua, again, not for me, but it's for you. Kyron Williams saw more opportunities than Cam Akers. We've talked about that before. Um, And the rest just seems like a bunch of guys to me. There's really nothing else I was too excited about for me. I'm holding my fab in most cases. I mean, the, the only one that the only one that I would say is Zach Moss. I mean, I know that he did nothing in Buffalo, but like, it, you know, we don't know what's going to happen with Jonathan Taylor. He's out for another three weeks. And, you know, if you need a running back and Zach Moss is on your waiver wire, go pick him up because he's going to get the start this week. And who knows what he can do. And he's facing the Texans. So there you go. It could be a great week. So let's talk very briefly. We got about two minutes left. What are some things you're looking forward to seeing in week two? Um, my, my big thing is, is I'm really, I'm really looking forward to see if there's going to be any better running back performances this week, because, you know, when I was going through, when I was going through the running back performances this week, there were really only six, maybe seven great running back performances this week. Um, only, only four, only seven of them that I saw that hit over 14 points and half PPR. So, I'm really hoping that we see more of the running backs that we expected to show out to show out. 
I, I, you know, because we saw players like James Cook who got a lot of work. It just didn't translate to fantasy points yeah. or Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook, you know, he was he got a ton of work. It didn't just didn't translate to fantasy points, you know. So and, and there was one other running back. I, I can't remember off the top of my head who it was that got a lot of work. It just didn't translate. So I'm just hoping that we see more of that this week. Absolutely. Now, part of my dreams already came true. Vikings Eagles. That was a fantastic. I'm a major Jalen Hurts advocate. Um, faded Madison. Uh, but I do have um, other other targets. Uh, Devonta Smith in just about every other league. And Justin Jefferson. Yeah. I was high on him from the very beginning. Love Justin Jefferson. So I loved seeing that. Now, my good thing for this week is like there's some sneaky rivalry games. 49ers and Rams are both 1-0. They're in different spots. I think uh, 49ers are going to run away with this one, but that is going to be a chippy game. These two teams do not get along for, you know, playoff rivalries from years past. <laughs> and, um, you know, there's a couple of them around the league that are going to be kind of like that. Um, you have uh, Packers Falcons, for example. I think that's going to be a sneaky good game. Two young quarterbacks with uh, a lot of blossoming talent. I want to see that. And, my Giants. Now, Giants stunk it up in week one, but I don't think it was as bad as people make it out to be for two reasons. First, there was such a momentum shift in that game in the first quarter. Giants ran that ball right down the field, went to kick, boom, touchdown Dallas in the wrong direction, and then there was a pick six immediately after. I mean, the momentum completely swung, and that Dallas defense is the best defense in the league. I would go Dallas, Jets, Gap 49ers if I had to put my best four defenses out there. And now I get to see my Giants this week against the Cardinals. That's going to be a great game. Giants are going to win. They're going to win by the uh, 4.5 point spread. And I really want to see them put it together against what is a pretty, pretty bad team there. And like I said, I think the worst case scenario is actually true. And it's not that Giants are that bad. It's that Dallas is that good. They're playing the Jets this week. They're going to need a third-string quarterback. They're going to need a third-string quarterback because that Jets team is going to get demolished. However, this could be like a three-to-six game. Like, me and you will like it, but everyone else will hate it. <laughs> yeah, we both love our defenses. <laughs> All right, Steve. Any last comments for the week? I just, I'm just going to say this real quick. You know, you were talking about good games to watch this week. I'm really looking forward to the chiefs Jaguars game. That was a, that was, this is going to be a rematch of the divisional game from the, um, from last year. That's going to be a really good one. Guys, this is ID sports. Catch us every week, Tuesday live as we recap, like we did today on a Friday that we're not doing that anymore. Tuesday recap show, Sunday morning preview, 11 o'clock. We're going over prop bets, players, start sits. We're going to be live with injury news and notes. Get excited. NFL is finally here. Steve, thank you for joining me here today on weird short notice. We got it done. Yeah, we did. Have a good night, everybody. 